Welcome back to the Neurodiverse Love Podcast with myself, Mona. And Olga. We are really excited to have all of you listening. We see the number of people downloading the podcast growing, and it is just such a joy for us to share a little bit about our experiences and to have an opportunity to hear from others. So today we're going to talk about two issues that I think we have a lot of experience with and may be a little bit different than what others have experienced. And those issues are both emotional intimacy and physical intimacy. And uh, Olga and I like to take turns with who's going to start. So Olga will start sharing a little bit about what she experienced with her ex. And as you all may remember, because I know sometimes people skip around, I was in a relationship with my ex for 32 years. We were married for 30 and we've been divorced for almost three years. And I didn't find out that he was on the spectrum until the last year of our marriage. And as I've said in many other podcasts, uh, when you know better, you can do better. So there's so many things that I would have done differently if I had known. And Olga, share a little bit about yours. Sure. Um, so I had a relationship with a person for almost a year that I thought he was on the spectrum. And that's when actually Mona started realizing that maybe her <laughs> husband was in the spectrum because of how similar some of the traits were. And, and so that that's where our path started mm -hmm. in researching, reading, talking, like hours and hours of talking about it and how to do better mm -hmm. and how to make it successful or just venting or just crying because <laughs> it's, it's hard because we are wired differently. Our brains are wired differently in so many ways that um, some parts of it are fascinating and exciting in a turn on mm -hmm. and some of them are difficult yes. so we have laughed and cried a lot together yes, <laughs> throughout <yeah>. this path. <laughs> yes so now we're going to talk a little bit about our experiences with our exes in relation to emotional intimacy and physical intimacy and olga do you want to start yes um so i was thinking about you know, the more we talk about this and the, the more we learn and read and, you know, you're the one doing the reading. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the more we discover that we might have dated people, other people that were also on the spectrum. Definitely. And that made me think about, okay, how, how are they different in the intimacy part, in the affection, like expressing love? in different ways and they're definitely different so the ex i've been talking about um all during all these episodes he was very um affectionate very like the touch was very important the the you know keeping staying close and being able to express love that way physically was very, very important to him, which was perfect for me because I am also that way. And because of different reasons, I am on the side of being uh, very affectionate and uh, have a um, higher sexual drive. So 
it was a perfect match because he was, mm -hmm. you know, the same way for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So that was the one of the easiest parts for us to live. And I think an experience and I think it was the support of everything else like that worked out so well. We were able to express love physically mm -hmm. in many different ways. And that always made us feel very close to each other and creating the intimacy. I think what was the key to to that was creating the the emotional intimacy. I think our intimacy depended on that emotional openness to being vulner vulnerable, accepting each other, talking about the things that uh, made us fragile mm -hmm. and vulnerable, the things that have hurt us throughout life from very different places. Um, but connecting with him, for me, it was more like taking that time to talk about what was difficult in life, how I understood that it was difficult for him, how I was seeing him, I, I making him feel like, I see you, mm -hmm. I, I understand you, and I accept you the way you are. Which is a big word because, I like think I said, that's before, critical. Yeah, it is. It is. So the more we worked on that and talked about it, the even bigger that or deeper that intimacy was growing mm -hmm. to be, and that made every other intimacy and love expression a lot more intense sure. and so better. Mm -hmm. So that was my yeah, my and and I think we had similar experiences. Um, you, you know, met your ex when you were in your forties, I met my ex when I was 21. So we were growing in that area together and experiencing both emotional intimacy and physical intimacy together in a way that I don't think either one of us had ever experienced. And without knowing <laughs> that he was on the spectrum back then, uh, he was always quirky and I totally accepted him as he was back then. And so when he saw that I totally accepted him in the beginning, I could tell the emotional intimacy that he felt with me, he felt so safe and so comfortable that, and I was willing to try different things and do different things. And he wanted to explore. I think that sex has always been one of his special interests and he was willing to grow with me. So it was really important for me to hug. I've always been an amazing hugger. I love hugging in my family. I'm Jewish. I come from a, you know, a Jewish family from New York where we all hug and we touch. And You're talking was... to a Latin girl. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, you know, I do know. And um, my ex is, is uh, Latin too. And his family wasn't as demonstrative in their touch as my family. But um, we would hold hands all the time. We would kiss in public. I remember, you know, public displays of affection. If we had met when we were older, I'm not sure that he would have felt comfortable with that. But because we met, you know, so young, um, he learned and he would always take my hand when we were out. And I think that he felt comfortable in ways that helped him grow emotionally and with physical intimacy. And 
one of the things that um, I think I've talked to you about, Olga, is that I never said no when it came to physical intimacy. And, and I think what was really exciting is he wanted to explore in different ways. And I was always open and willing. And maybe another partner might not have been. So he always felt safe with me. Um, Again, in physical intimacy and emotional intimacy. However, most of that was with actions not necessarily with words. words, right? So when it came to discussing things and explaining things or asking for things, that wasn't his strength. Mm-hmm. It was my strength, maybe, but not his strength. And so there was sometimes a breakdown in communication around some of those things. And it was easier, I think, for him to take the lead and show me what he needed or wanted. So when he wanted to hold hands, he initiated holding hands. If he wanted, you know, to be physically intimate, he initiated that. And I never said no in 32 years. So I made it really safe for him. (laughs) Really, really safe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not sure that every woman can say that. So anything else that you want to share, Olga? Um, Like I was saying at the beginning, we realized through all of this that we might have dated people that were also in on the spectrum. And I can think of another person and he was totally the opposite. Like he <laughs> would not be that affectionate. And, and that was very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, you definitely, there, there is someone in the on the spectrum that is perfect for you. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely that's that's yeah. the main um, the main point. message here. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I feel the same way. Um, it's funny, Olga and I have joked about this, but I think I definitely have a type. And I think it's men on the spectrum. Um, <laughs> Makes two of us, for, apparently. <laughs> and Olga's finding out maybe she has a type too. Um, but actually, after my ex and I separated, um, two of the men that I dated for you know longer than just a few dates, um, both had children on the spectrum. And they were definitely, the men were definitely on the spectrum. And one was extremely physical. Um, And very much his level of physical intimacy was very much in alignment with mine. And we were just a perfect fit together. And the other person was not very comfortable with physical intimacy and had all these like restrictions and things that had to be done. Um, And then the person that I dated after my divorce, uh, I'm not sure if he's on the spectrum, but he literally is um, the same personality of my father who is definitely on the spectrum and he too had issues with physical intimacy and it was interesting now looking back at the four men that I've been involved with in the last um, I guess four or five years probably all on the spectrum two of them were similar and not as engaged in emotional intimacy or physical intimacy, and then two of them were very uh, on the same level as I was, and very physic comfortable with with intense physical intimacy. 
So yeah, it's it's very interesting. It it is. It is very interesting. Also, going back to that communication factor, how important it is to communicate, to talk about what is important for each other, because it becomes very overwhelming when one feels like is being neglected yes. or the on the contrary, thinking that, okay, this is too much. I can't handle this. So it's either reacting instead of talking and then it becomes something that is a barrier to growing the relationship because it becomes something that they start resenting. Right. And, and, or you may start right. resenting like, okay, so it's not as affectionate and because it, it also requires some energy. Yes. There, there, there there's <laughs> needs for a couple of two spoons. Like I mentioned before, you need a couple of those spoons that of energy that you are going to have for, for the whole day for for affection yes um like my partner at that time he was very very affectionate he loved cuddling but it had to be the right moment also because if it was of course if if they're going into you know the overwhelmed state where you know anxiety is kicking in or you know anything else that is a trait for them It started to happen. That's not the moment to be intimate. That's right. not the moment to be affectionate. You have to give them the space like everybody else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you need your space. You need to come down or do whatever you need to be to be in the mood for, you know, anything else and expressing love to each other. Yes, absolutely. And I think that um, we were fortunate that we had partners who were on the spectrum, but had a similar desire um, to ours, because when I was with uh, men who didn't, it can, again, be lonely in that aspect of your life and your relationship. And so I think the lesson for me is knowing uh, what your non-negotiables are, And for me, physical touch is one of my love languages. So if I'm with a partner who can't reciprocate, even if that's not his love language, and he isn't comfortable giving physical touch, maybe not every time I ask for it, <laughs> but um, maybe more often than he has in the past because that's not his love language. I think that would create a challenge or a barrier for me because I'm a big hugger. I'm a big cuddler. You know, I like massages, you know, lotion, all that good stuff. Yes. Um, and I need it. And I had it for, you know, 30 years. So the lesson for me is to be able to communicate my love language, the importance of physical and emotional intimacy, and not on the first date. <laughs> Definitely not on the first date. Yeah. <laughs> But, to, you know, there are certain things that are going to show up. You know, if somebody doesn't kiss you for, you know, the first five dates, I think that's uh, an issue that you might want to yeah, bring up and have a discussion about. But my lesson is definitely having somebody who can match me in that area because communication in other areas, I have lots of friends, men and women that I can talk to about a lot of other things that my partner might not be interested in and might not have the bandwidth to talk about, 
but I'm not going to go outside of my relationship and be with somebody else physically. So that is my lesson learned. What about you, Olga? I think my lesson is it's pretty much the same <laughs> because of how important it is for me to be intimate and affectionate and getting to know each other's needs and each other's styles. Um, and also that I think I, we've talked about the scripts before and also in intimacy, there's some scripting Absolutely. there and they um, they will you know, do the same thing in the, in some situations or which is, it's okay. And, mm -hmm. and you have to be okay with it um, to be happy in a relationship with a person on the spectrum. So maybe we can help shape those scripts. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, I could see growth in the scripts too. So when being intimate to, when talking about, very personal um, topics, mm -hmm. things that make us vulnerable, but also that makes us be closer and able to get to that point where you, where you're not just hugging, you're embracing the whole person mm -hmm. the way he is and the way you are, and and that's how you feel complete because it's more, you are complete, he is complete, and we're sharing what we are and that it's a lot more fulfilling and, and gives that sense of happiness. I agree. I agree. And, and I think maybe our situations are unique because I know there are a lot of folks on the spectrum who don't feel the need to have physical touch um, or, they only want a certain type of physical touch. Um, I know that I've heard that a lot of folks on the spectrum don't like light touch and they prefer, you know, um, a heavier touch. You know, that's why the weighted blankets and certain things um, mm -hmm. bring comfort and safety. I also know there's some sensory challenges. So, you know, um, knowing that the perfume that your partner is wearing is something that is a turn on rather than disgusts you or the pheromones or, you know, body scents or, you know, there's all those things that people on the spectrum might be a lot more sensitive to. And mm -hmm. if you don't know they're on the spectrum, then you, won't do, you, won't, you won't make the accommodations. Right, like, right. okay, you don't like, you know, the, the, the body orders or you know in the morning then no. don't kiss in the morning right. don't you know right. accommodate to for for things like that so take a shower and then you kiss or or brush your teeth and right. then you you kiss right. and things like that because it, it it really bothers them right it it's it's a turn off and it's a barrier to being intimate to being affectionate and so right. why not if if it takes that little thing that will make a difference. Right. Why not? Right. Absolutely. And I, again, when you know better, you can do, do better. better. <laughs> and, and these are conversations that are difficult to have, um, for some folks. So there's an opportunity to write things down. Um, maybe even to text things, to have a phone call rather than a face-to-face -face conversation to go for a walk so you're not looking in each other's eyes while you're having this conversation and 
there's so many different creative ways that you can talk about these things because if physical intimacy and emotional intimacy are important and the person on the spectrum isn't comfortable, uh, there also may be a need to bring in a therapist because it could be definitely a, a, a factor that divides you rather than brings you together. So anything else you want to share? Well, good. No, I think it was, it was a good topic. Okay. I, I find it, I find it fundamental Absolutely. when we're talking about relationships, because Absolutely. if we don't talk about this, if we don't communicate and express what our needs are, how we express love and get to know the, the love languages and how intimate, uh, we are and we like to be and how we grow yes. even more that intimacy then we're not going to be successful in in the relationship because we're going to either get a reaction a negative reaction every time or we're just not going to need meet the needs of the other person right and nobody wants to be rejected all no. the time <laughs> and not know why <laughs> yeah so uh if you're interested in reaching out to us, you can contact us through our Gmail account, which is neurodiverse love, the number four and the letter U at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at neurodiverse underscore love. And we should have our website up by the first of the year. And that's going to include a lot of information um, we hope to be the one stop for folks that are in neurodiverse relationships and be able to have a lot of information that you can access or share with friends who might be in, in a neurodiverse relationship because uh, we don't want anybody to struggle. So we look forward to talking to you next week and we hope you all have a wonderful week. I'm Mona. I'm Olga. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.